There are things in this world and apart from it that man was not meant to know. Unseen blasphemies that stalk between the shadows of our waking world and nameless, untold horrors that inhabit our dreams as we close our eyes each night. There are those who seek out these terrible mysteries, and their curiosity has been rewarded, without exception, with madness and death, and for the least fortunate, the unassailable knowledge that humanity's place in the universe is as that of an insect to the common man. We now present a story of one of these unfortunates. Welcome to Tales from the Black Vault. on? All right. My name is Rick Dugan, Sergeant First Class. Uh, friends call me Dickie. Uh, this is the my last act as a member of the U.S. military, I suppose, and as a human on Earth, so there's no sense to keep anything back. I imagine this is going right into the trash anyway, so whatever I say is just between you and me. Um, got called up to New Hampshire, my old friend Dave, uh, Dave Rucker, is with me in the battalion. So uh, got to the train station. It's a small town, not quite winter yet, but there's a little crisp in the air. It reminds me of Halloween when I was a kid. There's a certain uh, excitement, even though there's nothing going on. There's, there's not a flake of snow, but you can you can feel that it's coming. Right? I took my duffel and. Hiked out from the train station to the little dive bar down the road, a couple miles, took about an hour. And there he is, big old Dave. And he's not quite seven feet tall, but he's a, he's a big guy, right? And it didn't do him too good. He lost a leg, so kind of leans to one side. He was, he was already well into his second or third whiskey. Pulled up a chair and sat down with him. Bartender, grab me a glass. Of course. Thanks. Uh, Dickie. How's it going, Davo? Oh, I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> good. Oh, what's this, uh, what's this job up here? Mm, hold on. Oh, my leg. Uh, phantom paint. I hear ya. Where's that whiskey? The, the bottle's right in front of you, Dave. Oh, oh, oh that bottle. Let, let me pour for you. All right. Dave started telling me about something going on in the woods. Uh, he'd been hired by one of the farmers up here to do security. I mean, we call it security, but it's Really just running off kids. People trying to poach some cattle. Just some silly superstitious stuff. You know these people, but they have money and they're paying for it. So I'm going out there. There's something about a noise in the woods. It's probably just some damn coyote or some kids. Well, I like money. Just the wind, but yeah, with this bum leg, I can't really go out in the woods by myself too much. You know, it just sinks in there. I just need some help, Dickie. Now, you know, I got your back just like the ridge. Yeah, thanks, Dickie. Crashed at his place garage apartment out back of the farmers. Not much to look at. I slept on the floor, but you know, I'm used to that. I'd give you a bed, Dickie, but I know you just you can't stand the comfort. <laughs> Wouldn't be able to sleep in the wing. <laughs> I know what you mean. Got a good night's sleep. Woke up early. Made ourselves a pot of joe. Rolled out of that hangover. Oh. 
What did I drink last night? Uh, about two-thirds of a bottle of whiskey, Dave. I can't feel my head. <laughs> Probably better that way. Now, come in. Uh, you guys ready to go? Uh, yeah, who's this? Uh, this, is the, uh, this is the landlord. Uh, pleased to meet you. Jones. Dickie Dugan. Guys, I got the truck running. If y'all want to hop in, I'll drive out to where you're supposed to be going. You got it. Uh, it took a few minutes to take my rifle out of my pack and assemble it and strap my sidearm on. You never know what's out there. Kids, coyotes, like they said. Just head right up here. There's a private airport I'm taking you guys to. Airport? Thought this was around your property. Uh, be honest about it. I thought if I'd tell you where we were going, you'd never want to go. Um, I'd heard about what you guys did in the war. And I understand your battalion was one of the toughest out there. What's left of it? There is nothing in the woods. There's no coyote. There's You're no... not some kind of freak, are you? No, no, no. It's... This is bullcrap. I can triple y'all's money that I offer to pay. I'll take my share and his tripled. It's a it's a minimum of two-man job, but I need both of you there. I could. It needs to be done. I can quadruple the money. Yeah, fine. Whatever. He can pay, Dickie. Let's just do it. All right. All right. Just hop in the plane. We're going to take a, a small prop plane out to the large airport, and then we're going from there, we're going to be flying over to Russia. Russia, you say? Russia. I was not planning for this kind of journey. I thought it was going to be a quick trip up and back, maybe round up some wolves, and take care of some slaughtered cattle. Alaska's beautiful this time of year. Yeah, doesn't look so big, does it? <sighs> now, remember that winter in Vichy? Oh, God. <laughs> Almost froze our balls off. It was cold as a witch's tit. Yeah. We'll be uh, touching down. And when we touch down, I'm going to bring you all out to the, um, well, the guys will explain what we're doing from there. We touched down at the airport, got our packs. A trio of burly Russian gentlemen met us and started screaming at us in their own tongue. I don't speak a word of it. Hang on, hang on, guys. Uh, you speak English? English. English. A little English. bit. English. You speak a little bit. Hey, Farmer Joe, what, what do you know about these guys? Uh, they're family members. It's Are you a, risky too? It's a family operation. We had to reach out. Well, if you vouch for them, your money's good with me. Lead the way. If we could just head on to that building right over there... Uh, yeah, we go back there. Um, Miss Tabitha Schlafsowski will be leading the crew from there. Uh, there's a situation that we have back in our uh, ancestors' homeland that we were hoping that your expertise could help out with. Show us the way. He led us into the building, a old concrete bunker. Couldn't be more than 15 years old, but weathered as if it was a century or two. Cold as hell, but there was still green moss on three sides of the building, halfway up, and vines going all around it. Obviously, they'd been cut back here and there, but they just kept growing back. Never seen anything like it, especially in this kind of weather. Never been to Russia before myself, but I hear tell that it's a not a hospitable land, temperature-wise. Uh, Dickie, I'm sorry about all this. I mean, I knew this guy was loaded... I figured it'd just be an easy paycheck. I didn't think we'd get to run around like this. Oh, I could use a vacation. It's all right. I, I got nothing back for me at home, so wherever the work is, that's where I'm going. Uh, he said, just go have a seat in there. She'll be in the room in a second to lay out the plans. I mean, uh, how good are you guys with firearms? The best. What level of firearms? We have rather massive. Uh, pistols, revolvers, rifles, machine guns, shotguns. Grenade launchers? Of course. 
All right. I could shoot that stupid hat off your head if you want me to <laughs> demonstrate. Just go have a seat in the chairs. Tap it, they'll be in a second to lead the crew. All righty. We waited for what seemed like an eternity, but it was probably about 10 minutes. Apparently the Russians don't believe in indoor heating. Gentlemen, I see that you are here and on time. You're also shivering. Here, take a flask of vodka. I was as happy to see the flask of vodka as I was to see the woman in front of me. Back home in Pittsburgh, I pretty much keep to myself after the war, but this one was a sight for sore eyes. I don't know if she was Russian, English, American, or what. She was a looker. Full six foot tall, platinum blonde hair down below her shoulders. And although she was wearing a heavy furred coat, I could tell she had a figure like nobody's business. Go ahead and take a drink. Know that as you drink, you are brothers now. What you are about to see will bring you all together. Ah, Nathrovi. I learned that much. I've loaded the projector, man, with the images. Just tell me when. I appreciate that. You are going to have to have a very strong mind and a very strong heart. And a strong drink. There you go, Dickie. I took another swig of vodka, and it was smooth. I'm used to the cheap stuff, more like paint thinner that burns as it goes down, but this was almost like drinking water. What's your name, soldier? Dickie Dugan. Rick, you can call me. Rick? Pretty generous on that sip there. You're pretty generous with your liquor. You better keep your thoughts to yourself. You're pretty generous with those eyes, too. Easy there, Dave. Look, lady, we've been through hell and back. You don't think we're tough enough? Then you you got no chance in the world to find anybody to help you. Should I progress to the first image, man? Yes. The farmer clicked the button attached to the projector, and a blinding light came to our eyes as the first image was projected on the wall. First, I thought I was seeing things. I couldn't quite make out what it was, a straight line, a horizon, a blasted plane, lines going off into the horizon like a thousand railroad tracks all lined up next to each other. It was crazy. I didn't know what I was looking at, but then I saw the sky. It was a speck at first. He clicked again. And it zoomed in. Could have sworn it was a plane. Planes don't look like that. There's a good three, four, five before we can get good, clear details. Zoomed in closer and closer. You could see it wasn't a, any sort of aircraft at all. It was a thing, best I can say. Not a man, not an animal. I guess it was about 15 feet long, kind of barrel-shaped. And it was a black and white picture, so couldn't tell what color it was, but it had fins all around it, ridged like a fish. Tendrils coming off the back end. What sort of prank is this? This is kind of joke. I have a question. Does it bleed? We did find traces of blood on various shrubs and some blood-soaked ground as well. Blood? What is this thing? Best we can tell is that it is a hybrid creature of air, water, and earth. We can tell you see fins, talons, as well as lungs on the inside of the creature. Is this some kind of thing you crazy Ruskies dreamed up during the war? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I've seen a lot of things, ma'am. I don't think this is anything a human could come up with. I like the Americans afraid think we make these, yes? <laughs> We're not afraid of a glob of rubber in the sky. The farmer held up his hand and clicked one final time. This image was what threw us into the fits of insensate gibbering. There was not one 
of these things, but a sea of them arrayed on a shoreline, falling, toppling over each other, tumbling out of the water toward the small town. There must have been hundreds. I couldn't count. My eyes went black with fear. I'd never felt anything like it before, not even with machine gun fire going over my head and explosions almost knocking me down. A simple photograph, black and white light projected on a wall can send a man toppling over. Take a breath, gentlemen, and shit out your egos. That's the last image we have of the town. Where the hell did you get these? Russian government has contacted our governments. I'm afraid I alluded you once before. I'm not a simple farmer. I'm a U.S. government operative. God damn you. Yeah, their government contacted our government and... We worked together. Searched out the best men we had and, well, you're the only ones we had left. The creatures took your field photographer. All we found was the camera broken with these images. This is complete bullcrap. This has got to be some kind of joke, right? Who put you up to this? You two are the best of this battalion, and these other two gentlemen are the best of theirs. We want to team you up together and send you into this town. To do what? Did you see how many there were? We don't have enough firepower to do that. <laughs> no one has enough firepower to do that. Just, just send in some bomber planes. Come on. You need some freaking tanks. Artillery. Open the trunk in front of you, gentlemen, on the desk. There was a wooden trunk, nailed shut, and a crowbar sitting next to it on the table. I gave the so-called farmer another glance before picking up the tool and prying the top off. Inside, a bundle of hay for padding was what looked like a gun. But again, not like anything I'd seen before. It was cylindrical and clearly had one end you were supposed to point at something and one end you were supposed to hold. But it didn't look like anything of this earth. Metallic, green and purple at the same time, and shifted underneath my gaze. There was a, an opening that almost spoke to me But that sounds crazy. I gently brushed it with my fingers. They went numb, but I couldn't let go. It's like the nerve endings of my hands went away and became part of it. That sounds insane. It does. Before I knew it, I found myself standing there, sighting down the barrel of this gun. You can call it a gun. And I thought, yeah. We can do this. You see, there's four guns. There's one for each one of you. Miss Lovzowski, Tabitha, this is uh, something close to her. She has a direct connection to, I don't know what you call them, the beast, creatures. The government yeah, man droned on and on and on, giving us details about the operation, as if we didn't know what was under our own noses. The, he'd clearly never seen a day of combat in his life, and as, as he spoke, my mind drifted. The, uh, the sensation traveling up my fingertips and making my whole body go tingly in my neck and my face. His words went away and I found myself just seeing through him as if he was a, a slab of meat cut open, like a cross-section of a human being. Before I knew it, my arms moved of their own volition, the alien weapon raising itself and pointing directly at his skull. Dickie, what are you doing? Soldier, you best ease up. You're noticing something. Release that weapon. I released it all right. I released whatever it was straight at him. A 
of the inside of his head looked pretty much as I imagined. A hole the size of a phone book outside the back of his head, and whatever was inside wasn't there anymore. His body fell down and crumpled to the floor, and I swear that where his neck was, something moved. I fired again, and again. I didn't know what I was doing until I found myself being wrestled down by the two large Russian gentlemen and big old Dave. The gun fell from my hand and I came to my senses. What the hell was that thing? I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it just took me over. That wasn't me. I swear to God, I didn't kill him. I didn't kill him. You know too much, soldier. That wasn't a man. What was that? What are you people? Are you one too? You weren't really supposed to find out this way. You were supposed to go as a willing sacrifice. Sacrifice? Her eyes rolled back in her head as her voice lowered to a guttural croak, and she continued. What you don't realize is that my people, we are the first of this world, not you. We have been here for millennia. We are completely ageless. As she spoke, her facade began to fall away. The fur coat was pulled back. And what was underneath was not the body of a woman, but some sort of thing, not like the things I'd seen before. But there was a carapace. And fuzzy, greenish, yellow spores sprouting from her chest and dewy, Slowly straightening, wet wings unfolded from her back like a butterfly emerging from a pupa and extended a full eight feet. No, 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 what, what the hell is that? The wig fell off her head, as did the rubber mask, and her face, black eyes, but too many of them, six, eight, twelve, it was impossible to see, although they came at me quickly, the proboscis, touching my forehead, and I saw all at once everything she wanted to show me, everything she wanted to show us millions of years ago, all over the planet. She, she and her kind were the true rulers of this world back then. And those things we saw, those terrible, terrible creatures we saw were not some alien gods. No, they were the foot soldiers. They were the grunts. They were the, the things on the front line that they controlled coming out of the sea, coming out of the sky, coming out of time take back what was rightfully their master. I stumbled back and, and, and swung and only glanced it, but it was enough to break contact. The two Russian men, one of them one of them tackled it and the other fired again and again with the gun that was in his hand. Dave grabbed me. I didn't know what to do. I was everywhere. My gun was out. The holes in the walls. He pulled me out into the snow. Come on. I, I, can't, I can't leave them with that. They're soldiers. Come on, just leave them. Get out of here! He threw a quick right hook. Knocked enough sense into me to get back onto the plane. You know how to fly this thing? I remember. It's been a while, but these things you don't forget. All right, screw on your flying leg and let's go home. One of the Russian men yelling after us as he crawled on all fours from the door, blood trailing from the stump where one foot was. Don't leave us! Don't leave us! I looked back just in time to see him dragged back by three clawed arms. 
When we entered U.S. airspace, we were greeted by a pair of planes, military airplanes, that escorted us to the nearest Air Force base. I haven't seen Dave since then. We were hustled off separately. Been in a cell for about three, four months now. All they do is ask questions, and I give them the same answer. Tell us again, what is it that you saw? It's not an it, it's a them. It's a, they're things, they're, they're alien things. They have technology beyond our comprehension. They have mind control. They've, they've murdered government officials. Sir, you they took murdered. Their bodies. They inhabited them. No, it wasn't me, it was them. I've been beaten enough in my life. The blows from the truncheons were only insults. Broken teeth, busted skull. It's nothing to compare to what I saw. I told them everything I knew, and they, they played their game. They know. They must know by now. Either that or it's too late. I'm for the noose, one way or the other. If there's aliens out there taking over, I won't be here to see it. And if there's not, well, something must have snapped in the war. I killed a few good men. But either way, I'm going to die knowing that I did what I could for my country and for the human race. Thank you for listening to Tales from the Black Vault. You can find both complete seasons of the podcast at our website at blackvault.net. This last episode, Foot Soldiers, was narrated by Mark Major and features Justin Bozade, Jay Michael, Paul Normandon, Jamie Ramsey, and Peter Rogers as the cast of the Black Vault. Engineering and mixing by Brent Chismark. Editing by Peter Rogers, with score consulting by Michael Yu and effects consulting by Cindy Page. Music by Nathaniel Rendon and Matt Reed for Scotch and Coda Productions. Tales from the Black Vault, Season 2 theme by A Wayward. Tales from the Black Vault is produced by Peter Rogers and Lindsay McGowan for Terrible Old Productions. The Black Vault was originally directed by Mark Major at the Hideout Theater in Austin, Texas. The vault is closed for now, now.